Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. Things happen in moments. Spoke about that last time when I was here. It takes a lot of discipline to remain still. Jesus, as we come and gather this afternoon around your word in worship, giving into your house, listening, our hearts are open. We are just so thankful that you are the Lord of our life. We are so thankful that we have found you. You're so thankful that you stepped into our life and gave us life. During the course of one day, 360,000 new little bubbies will come into the world. Babies born, giving life. Every hour, 15,000. Since we started this service, around 12,000 little lives just came into this world with all the hope before them. Taking their first breath, filling their lungs with life. Every day, a hundred and 51,000 people depart this planet. Since we started the service, around 4,500 people just from the beginning departed this planet. And many of them went to a place they were never created to go. We come and worship. We come and bring honor and just showing up to give thanks to God. But let us never forget the purpose of why He came. Let us never get familiar with why He has given us life and the great sacrifice that he gave for us. In Canberra this afternoon, there are people who woke. They saw the sun rise, but they may never see the sunrise again. In Jesus, I pray that this evening, the great loss and disappointments in which we may all have in our journey of life. Let us never lose sight of 
why you have come and what we have found, not to hold. For truly as you have received, give. And I pray. Father, just over these next 40 minutes, we'll hear your word, we'll minister, we'll laugh, we'll enjoy just being in the house of God. But never let us forget why the foundation of what we believe. We stand in faith. We look through the eyes of hope. And we pronounce the greatest gift that is life. For God so loved that he gave. Let us be reminded to begin to give again to those who do not know him. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Grab a seat. And I'm going to release the band. Release everybody. And then you'll be returning with me in just a moment. This afternoon I was just preparing for tonight and... You know, I'm constantly reminded, you know, we preach, we, we enjoy life, and we're committed just chatting with Ben and Emily, just going home after service this morning, that, and even this afternoon, that we enjoy life. We enjoy life. Love coming together, love being in the house, love being with people of like-mindedness, love. I love that. Part of the journey is always appreciating the people who God surrounds you with. I love that. But we always have to go back to why did we first gather? And so often we forget, why do we actually sit here today? Did someone invite us? Did someone just share a moment, mention a word Jesus to us? A lot of you, as you know, I found Jesus because he stepped into my world when I was doing LSD up at King's Cross. And he went, hello, Greg. My name's Jesus. We all have had an encounter somewhere. We're going into presence in a couple of weeks. Love presence, as I said this morning. I love that just being in the presence of God. Love when Jack was playing, there was a moment. Just there, just to be able to stop. And not just, Jesus, here I am. Those moments are more to say, remember them. Remember them. I'm going to show a video clip which this afternoon as I was preparing for this, I never know what's going to happen really. I always just rock up to church with an idea and then give God space and then he rocks into my world and makes me cry. As I'm sitting down, Julie's having a little nanny nap. She's able to do that while the man of God was seeking the Lord. (laughs) Not really. Just preparing, just sitting in there. It was nice. It was just sitting quietly and... And then I put on this video, and I'm going to show it to you now, because I reminded, I've, I've seen it a number of times over the years, but man, it stirs me every time. It shows you and brings back and reminds us what it's all about. Because we forget so easily what he has done. And as that scripture says, as you have truly received, for with that which you have received, truly give. Never forget that we are the hands of Christ. 
in our cities and our nations. Amen. Let's run this video.
So count the cost, brothers and sisters. This is not an invitation to an easy life. For 2,000 years, thousands and thousands of missionaries, the unnamed, no biographies written about them, just unnamed people of whom the world is not worthy, have counted this cost and put their lives at risk and reached the loss with the only message of salvation. I see that video and I've watched it over the years a number of times and today when I was watching it, it still moves me powerfully. Because we lose sight of why we do what we do. I felt tonight's just not a night about what can I get. It's to remind you what can you give. I was just thinking even during the course of the services, understanding how the service runs and the time and we've given up time to come in here and to be inspired and possibly to receive. But you know, I don't think this evening is about receiving. It's making a decision to give. And in every situation you have, and as you see that and you walk through, you see the faces, you know, like, oh. You can't but not be moved by seeing those faces. And then you go, we go back to our world. It's the same old, same old, and nothing changes story I wanted to share with you tonight was simply of two people because they lost hope and I, I love that you know people's hopes have fallen to the ground the part of the song people's hopes fall I'm moved by that I have the opportunity of going to Asia and different places as Pastor Stephen Deb have and many of you may have done as well to actually speak to other people groups which is wonderful and so often we speak to other people groups to people groups who are converted people groups, but we don't go beyond the walls of the people groups within that place. And it reminded me this afternoon when I saw that video, and I played it a number of times, I can't not be moved to wake me up again. Why do we come together? Why do we preach? Why do we gather? It's not about us. We have found the greatest gift, but it's to revive the people who have not the breath or the hope, because their hopes have fallen to the ground. And we don't have to travel overseas to find those people. They're over there. They're over there. They're here. And as I said tonight, just doing the numbers quickly, you could say there was probably someone in Canberra tonight who will not wake in the morning. And did they know him? As I said, all of those people in the course of a day, uh, 150 million people depart the planet to a place they were never designed to go. And all I want to say to you tonight is simply that we have to awaken and bring back and remind ourselves of the great hope that we have to give to someone else's life. You might say there's not many of us here tonight. There only needed to be 11 plus a few more 
to change the world. It's that commitment, that relationship, that knowledge, that being reminded again. The story I wanted to bring to you, and again, I don't want to drag this on tonight, but again, I'd love to impart to some of you and remind you. And the context of this is the, the story of two men. It comes out of the book of Luke in, verse, in chapter 24. And it's two men who had been a part of the disciples. It was not one of the 11. He, obviously, one of those who gathered with the 11 disciples. And it's the story of two men traveling on the road to Emmaus. And who were these two men? Well, one is Cleopas, who we're not really sure of, again, who he is. There's different thoughts about him. The other, dis the other disciple or follower of Christ, we still aren't sure who that person is. There's many speculation of who it could have been. Yet we know it is not one of the 11 because they were back in Jerusalem. But these two men left Jerusalem. Jerusalem's name in itself is just the, the city of peace. They had been in the city of peace. They had been in a place which was, again, shalom, peace. Peace be with you. Yet for these men, as many other the disciples who gathered, had been in a place where they had found peace because they had found a relationship with Jesus. And in all that relationship, they were in a place of peace, they have found something which brought an incredible peace and sense of security and assurance and hope for the future. But after a period of three years, Jesus went and got himself crucified, really mucked up everything. The plan was not to go that way. Jesus had come. They had aligned themselves, the disciples, and these two disciples as well had aligned themselves because of, again, they'd heard what Jesus had said. They had seen what he could do and the power he brought to lives, the incredible hope that he imparted to so many. But he went and got himself crucified. But he wasn't supposed to do that because he was supposed to get back and put Israel back on the map and take, remove the Roman rule and say, get again the kingdom of Israel back on track. Yet it didn't happen that way. All their hopes for three years had built and built and built and then suddenly their hopes had fallen to the ground. It says the eleven gathered but these two, who we truly don't know who they are, they were a part and had a relationship with Jesus. It says that they had been one of those who had followed, stepped away. My point is to you tonight is simply this. You see, the 11 were still smart enough to continue the relationship of gathering together in their disappointment because they had formed a great relationship of seeing the house of God as a point not where hopes are just revealed and great things happen. Even in your disappointment where there is no hope, they were still smart enough to turn up a church in their disappointment. But how do they have the staying power to stay in that place? Because the 11 spent more time with Jesus than anybody else. And ultimately, it is your relationship with Jesus, which is the holding power and the glue in your disappointment. Without that, things won't stay together. Chatting with you guys yesterday, and again, I saw this over your lives. I saw the simple principle of, again, that of discipleship. I love what it says there, disciples to disciples, disciple makers, 
People who choose, you shall be one of those who not only embrace people's lives, but you shape and build and you are disciples of disciples. And you shall impart to them. And you may not go there to places, but you will. And when I saw you on the front row, you are and shall carry the term, you shall be an advocate and advocates for others. And you shall not just be an advocate for others, but you shall carry the heart of why he went to the cross. And you shall impart unto them and they shall embrace a bigger and a, an ability to travel beyond the shores of here to reach some of those unchurched people. You may not go, but they shall. But it is because you have his heart with his ability to give and not hold, as so few talk about, but never embrace and give. For you shall be advocates for others, but you shall be imparters and maker of disciples. Disciples, two left. They left, they left a place in the position of habit because they weren't as close as the other 11. They walked away from Jerusalem, a position of peace, even though in the, their minds what they were looking at, peace had been stolen and taken from them. The disciples still in the city of peace, in their disappointment, in their misunderstanding, in their inability to, to understand. But these two leave. As they leave, they are going to where? Emmaus. Interesting place. It's actually interesting that the same road that Jesus came in on is the same road that these disciples left on. It wasn't that long ago when everyone was rejoicing. Now there was no one except two disciples on this road, departing and leaving the position of peace and hope and future. Emmaus and the term Emmaus and the word Emmaus, which I have loved, it's like warm springs. It's like a spa. It's like going to have a relaxing day. Isn't that a wonderful thing to go and like, I'm going to be pampered. Why do we get pampered? Well, for some of us, like myself, we need to be beautified and actually have a little bit of pampering, which improves the condition. I love the dappled light that you have in the auditorium. It makes me look a lot better. So thank you, lighting people. But they go to Emmaus, they go to a place, a place of warm springs to relax, but also to escape. You see, when things don't quite work out in your world the way you thought, when hope has been stolen and robbed from you, we're looking to go somewhere where we can find a little something, something in there, a little pampering, a little, what about me? A place where we can go. Comfort away from the position of peace. We all do it because we haven't understood. Because we probably, and even in our journey, lost sight of the relationship and the closeness of relationship with Jesus. Then lost sight of the purpose of why he has come. Faith positions us. Hope lifts up our heads so that we can see. And then we see the love, which is the very purpose of why he has come. They walk towards Emmaus, and as they're traveling to Emmaus, 
And look, Amy, I, we had a good chat the other day and yesterday. And, and again, just simply my word to you as we spoke about different things in your life. But I still feel that in your journey, do not allow the journey in itself to take you away, but to actually embrace, to hold something before you leave, which is an imparter of those who have lost their way. And you shall go and you shall find and you shall impart and you shall give. They walk to Emmaus and as they're traveling... Jesus just rocks up alongside them. I love this. He doesn't go to the disciples. He, as you read on, you can see that while this is going on, Jesus has appeared to Peter. It's made mention, but he hasn't appeared to the disciples as yet. He's appeared to Mary, but not to the great. He's gone looking for those who have walked away from the gathering. They are Christians who have known Christ, yet they've walked away because of disappointment. He doesn't go to the disciples first. They're next in line. Isn't that interesting? Jesus said, I haven't come for the 99. I go for the one which is separated. And usually they're separated because they have been disappointed. This evening is not what I can offer you and can give you. It's to stir you by a simple video, by a simple message, by a simple statement. Your life is valuable, but it's not. The value of your life is never found within your life, but in the giving of your life. The power of who you are to another person is unbelievable. But who am I? But who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Here I am. Don't say that ever again. Who am I? Because you have far much more to offer those that need your word, your word of encouragement, your handshake, and your encouragement of simply saying, it's going to be okay. That's the value of who you are. Who are you valuable to him? Who are you valuable to them? Never say, who am I? Hey, walk. Jesus just arrives, as he does, because he doesn't miss a thing. Always I love that scripture. It comes out of Deuteronomy and in Hebrew. I'll never leave you, nor shall I ever forsake you. I love that scripture. That means... We don't always see him when he's nearby. Why? Because our disappointment can blind us to where he is. But if we can just start to believe the word and realize that the word is true and the word is simply that he will never leave us. But I don't feel. Don't let your feelings determine what he says. I will be there. Don't let your situations, when your hopes fall to the ground, your feelings fall to the ground Everything falls to the ground and now you are numb and there is a paralysis of feeling. I don't feel him. Doesn't mean he's not there. Don't let your position or your apparent hopelessness rob you of the knowledge that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Never, ever say that. As they are walking, he just appears. He just shows up. I love that. I love that. I just love that you're just going to have one of those wonderful encounters with Jesus just going to rock up and turn into your little world and just simply go, I am here. And in his words of I am here, he will also speak very privately to you about your world, about the things in which you have endured, you have walked through, your faithfulness has held you, the challenges in which you have overcome, the position in which you have held, the decisions in which you could have walked, yet you have remained. 
He will talk to you all of those things, but it will not be concerning the things of the past. It shall be concerning the things of your future. In Jesus' name. He walks alongside them. And it says there, their, their eyes were closed. They were not able to see who it was. I, I love that scripture. Why? Fascinating, isn't it? I just look at that and simply go, they didn't recognize Jesus. Number one, they weren't expecting to see him. That's a classic. You know, you ever see someone in a different context? You know them, but you don't go, who are you? I sort of know you. I don't know who you are. Or people go, hi, how are you, Pastor Gregory? I go, hi, no idea who you are. <laughs> you ever have one of those moments? But when Steve does that to me regularly, I go, what's your name again? <laughs> Not at all. You know what I'm saying? You have one of those moments. And as they, they, they just like, why? You see, Jesus is still training all the time. Still imparting, teaching. You know, you might go, that was a great service. Oh, that not so good. Or this morning, that was a dud. Tonight, hopefully this will improve. You might have all of these moments of starting to become a, a message connoisseur on Sunday or a worship connoisseur on Sunday. But at the end of the day, I go, you've got to stop doing that. The fact is, the Lord doesn't want you to become a connoisseur of his kingdom he wants you to be someone who embraces every aspect. Let me tell you, people have lived. I remember an incredible story of a prisoner in, in China, in the backwaters of China, who lived for 15 years living off one little piece of Scripture that he folded up, that he used to hold under his armpit, that he could hold in when they came to search his, his, the, the room in which he was confined for 15 years. And all the time he would pull out just a tiny few verses of Scripture on both sides that he tore from the Bible, that he'd read every day a number of times for 15 years. And the word was still alive. Jesus comes along and doesn't show their eyes are closed to who it is. Why? Because he says, I love this. What are you talking about? Come back to that point in just a moment. And then suddenly he starts, to, well, what does the scripture say? He's not like, what am I saying? What does my word say? Isn't that a reminder? So often we want a prophet to come to town. We need a word from the Lord. He's speaking to you every day through the word. It revives you. It awakens you. It shows you. It gives you the past. It gives you the reassurance. It gives you the hope that you need. The word is something not that you look at. It's something that you can read over and over. And you know, some of the greatest revelations I've personally got is not by reading chapters. Ever done the reading Bible plan? Oh, I can't, I've never been able to achieve that goal of doing that. It's so hard. There's so much. And you read it and then you have a few days where you fumble because you're busy. And then you've got to catch up. And now you're not, you have to read the book of Ezekiel, Psalms, and the, the Gospel of Mark, and a few other Proverbs. But I'll do it. No. You're down the toilet already. Why? Because you're too far behind. And then we whip ourselves. Well, that was a waste of time. So then you don't read the Word of God at all. Because you're disappointed because you haven't done it. I'd rather read less and get more from less than try to read more. If you've done that, yeah, God bless you. Thank you very much. Lay hands on me at the end of the service. 
I need probably to be here, touched by the power of your ability of organizational skill and commitment. I need that. Scripture, the Word of God. The Word of God is coming into you, Bennett, a new capacity and a new means and method. Let me tell you, it is not the old method, it's not the planned method, it's not the organized method, it's not the instructed method, it's a new method. And the new method is His method. And His method will actually shake your method. And He'll basically go, stop it. And you'll go, it's not coming together. Oh, no. Great opportunity. Great opportunity. Because you will be and are one who communicates with an authority, with an ability to articulate his word with a power, with a force to move and shift. But it has been your way no longer. Tonight your shift is now his shift. And that shift is shifting you to do it a whole new way. And it's going to be unsettling. And it's going to go, oh no, trust him. But what about just do it? And when, no, you'll be tempted to go to the old while you're trying to do the new. Normal, but don't go there. What about if it's not enough? So what? Tough luck. Stick with a few things. They'll produce the greatest fruit in your life. Don't get stuck in the old ways, but embrace the new. He uses the word. But I still love this about this story about these two guys. Jesus hasn't given up on anyone. How does he get around and do it all? He's popping all over the place. God is omnipresent. I love that. He's here. He's there. He's everywhere. Because time is not a restriction to God. Neither it is to Jesus. It might be to us. But the reality is not to him. He can cover every single person here a a thousand, a million times over. By touching every single one of us in a moment of time. Putting a scripture in your life and in your mind tonight. We're going to pray at the end. I'd love you to get a scripture which becomes your anchor, which gives you your hope. What does it talk about hope? It is an anchor to your soul. Anchors you. And it's not hope. You have hope because you are in his word. Holding firm to a word. I want you to grab a scripture at the end of this service. I want you to hold that scripture because it becomes your sword. It becomes your strength. Your faith is your shield, but the word is that which cuts through the most difficult and challenging of moments, but also gives you the confidence it's going to all work out. Two, heading to Emmaus. He, they do not see and recognize him. He asks, so who, 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 what are you discussing? He knows what they're talking about. He knows, but what's he doing? You see, we think psychology is something which has been a, a, a new presentation a new formulation of skill set it's like well you know I mean the church no no God's psychology is the greatest psychology of it all and the reality is he was the first former and framer not Freud I'm sorry Freud was a little bit off center actually there's Maslow and a few other great individuals but the reality is Jesus says what are you talking about what's he doing oh he's using a little bit of kingdom psychology what's he getting them to do articulate their disappointment You know, the Roman Catholics, the Catholics have got it slightly right, not completely, but they actually have it better than us. Retain it, hold it, push through. No, speak it out. Get that little sucker out of you that's causing you to lose all hope, lose all future. Release it. Rhonda, we were talking yesterday. I love this about you. Something has shifted on the inside of you. Something wonderful has taken place. 
And I feel that people will come and when they share things, they aren't sharing things, they're releasing themselves of things, but they're drawn to you on the basis that by being drawn to you, it's giving them the opportunity to release, to embrace, for other things to be imparted and placed into them. Well done, girl. That was your decision to get to that place, by the way. They're walking. Jesus is talking. They're going, oh, disappointed. He went and got himself crucified. And we believed, oh, really, did he? What did the scriptures say? Back to the word. Oh, I said about this and didn't know all the old prophets and talk about how he'd be three days. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't make any sense to them. Oh, he was a great prophet. You see, you can lose sight of who Jesus is in your life on my basis. Because things don't work out the way you thought as a Christian. It doesn't work out the way you had planned. And can I tell you, the way we plan, it's not always his plan. The outcome is usually right on target, but the way to it is usually different. Never, ever, ever, ever measure the way things are. Hello again. We always have these moments, probably every five years, going back 20 or something years. Going back to that original point, back in Camba, you reminded me last time. I was reminded when you reminded me, and then I remembered, then we remembered, then we had the story. I love the story. And I was preaching out here, and you were on my left, exactly like three rows back, perfectly positioned, a couple over, because there was a couple, there was a missing chair, then there was, you guys were there. God hasn't forgotten that. That's what I love about this. God hasn't forgotten anything. He can remember every thought, every word, everything which was articulated at that moment in time. That was the beginning of the chapter of the life of your personal world, your family world, and your future life. Close your eyes. Stand up. Please. Just slid that one in. Julie likes me to say please. And I'm preaching to people. That's why we're a team. Julie, come up here with me. Come up here, my wife, my beautiful girl. Lay hands upon... They're both in white today. Hmm. Perfect. Hosting. Father, I thank you that as we lay hands upon this incredible couple who have been so faithful in all that they have done, and the very promises in which you have communicated to them, even going way back, it was just one of many. Some were given by word by you. Others were in agreement where they have stood together as a couple. Others they have privately and personally held on to, even though yet they have not seen. But I thank you, Lord Jesus, that again, the next three years, then you might say three years, can we? Yes, three years. Jesus walked with his disciples for three years, spending private time, public time, ministry time, together time, individual time. For the next three years shall be literally a three-year journey of a new walk, a new talk, a new discipling moment with your God who has given everything for you. And from that you shall break forth and you shall not do what you have done. You shall do greater things and you shall communicate and do greater things. And you shall on occasions travel to places in which you never thought you shall ever go. And opportunities shall open up and you shall communicate and preach. And you shall minister just as you do so naturally and so easily and so authentically. And people will hear the simple words that you speak through his word and through his scripture. 
you shall go and you shall come, you shall return, you shall go and you shall return and shall come back. You shall spend time and then you shall feel. There shall be provision in your going. But you will touch people who have never heard who he is. And you shall bring to them the message to bring a light, a hope. And it shall not just be by word, it shall be by the demonstration of the power of his spirit in a supernatural manner. In Jesus' name. Let the journey begin. But sit with the disciple of all disciples. Jesus himself. Amen. Thank you, Julie, for working with me there. They're walking along, sharing their disappointments. They go there, and I love this. Jesus starts to head off, and as he's heading off, why? Because I love this. When, it, when he's traveling, walking on the water and passing them by, it's like, you know, it's like, like, sort of like pretending to go somewhere else. The Lord will just egg you on sometimes. Just to see, like, oh, no, come with us. He just wants to be invited. He'll never push into your world. I love what you guys have been doing, you know, reaching out. I love that. I really feel like that, that even our little conversation yesterday was a great moment that, again, the international pastors, wow, that sounds an impressive. I wish I could have that title. Pastor Steve, can I grab that title? I like that, international pastor. Wow, that's fantastic. But as we even communicated yesterday, both of you are far bigger than just a title, far bigger than what you may put limitations upon yourself. You are far bigger because you shall gather international people, but you shall not gather them for the sake of gathering. You shall gather them to give them hope and life. And it shall increase. And he will bring other disciples in which you will disciple, which you will raise up. Do not cut yourself short. We spoke about it yesterday. Do not be assured who you are because you are a mighty couple and a mighty team. I spoke last time that same grace is on you and that's what you give to them. Sorry, bubs, it's just my loud voice. I'll tone it back, drawing it to a close because I want us all to capture and embrace the final moment of our purpose. Jesus intending to leave, but come, come, come with us. He comes, he sits down, he shares with them. Ask Jesus to step back into a little bit closer into that. Come on, Jesus, just, I know you're around, but I want you to step back over in this room. I want you to step over a little bit more. He just wants to get a little bit closer. You got it? Good. They all sit down. They still go, nice guy. Man, he knows his scriptures. This guy's good. Hot the trot type of guy. Gotta love that. Watch this space. I love that. This is one of those watch these spaces, people. Thank you, Jesus. Faithfulness has always been something. I know you hear this all the time. I know. But it's a great thing. Faithfulness leads to fruitfulness. That's what you both impart faithfulness to others I just get you to lay hands on people that they just don't have faith but they have a faithfulness because faithfulness leads to fruitfulness that's what you give to others by your faithfulness I love that and it says that Jesus then sat down and 
as they sat down, obviously they're still talking and they still don't see. And then he brought out the bread. I love that. He brought out the bread. I feel like you're going to bring Jesus to three people in the course of this year. You're going to bring three people to that place of the knowledge of who Jesus is. But you've got to firm up that relationship. You can't keep that relationship light on or loose on. But he wants. Yeah, thank you very much for helping me out. But I feel like the Lord has three people. But it's built on the basis that you are in close proximity to him. Close your eyes for me. Let him see how he fits. Not just what he does, he's around. But Jesus, I pray you show him how he fits into your purpose and your position. And how he fits will be the very words in which he offers to those three people. The opportunities. Will they come to Christ? One shall. The others will receive the seed of your word, which they will never be able to leave because it has been planted by his word in your life through your word. Drawing it to a close. Jesus sits down and says, let's have a little bit of din-din, a bit of communion, a little bit of dinner. Let's eat together. The table's a powerful thing. We've lost sight of it in our community, in our society today, because we're always too busy to do everything else. Went out with Pastor Steve and Pastor Deb last night, and we just sat down and we chatted about stuff. But you know what? With all the world going on around you, I so love that, because you're with people who are like-minded. But our like-mindedness used to encourage one another, not just have a, a good night. We had a great night, by the way. Had a great night. Thank you, Pastor Stephen, too. He paid the bill. Like-mindedness, what to do? We sharpen the edge off one another. We encourage one another. We sharpen the edge, our God edge. That's why we need one another, because we sharpen the edge of our own life. You do that. You do that. You've been touched by God. You've been moved by God. You've been challenged by the Lord. Yeah, it won't stop, unfortunately, because you will find moments that you will intercede and start to pray, and wow, you will be pulled about, but you will literally save souls because of the intercession of your prayer. At that moment, drawing to a close, it says, And Jesus gave thanks, breaks the bread. Two parts opens the eyes of the disciples. Thankfulness. And don't look at your brokenness, because your brokenness and your thankfulness opens your eyes to the future and the hope before you. In Jesus' name. Can we all stand? I've surveyed the audience. We're all going to pray this prayer. I know you're all there. I know you're all in the house. I know that. I've checked the audience out. I've felt my clientele tonight. Can we all pray this prayer? Lord Jesus, I give you my life so that I am known by you. You are my Lord and my Savior. I am forgiven. I am forgiven. I am forgiven. That forgiveness there is for four people here tonight. 
to truly embrace the forgiveness of God. I know you're in the house. I know you know Jesus, but those, you know who it is. Those four people. I hold forgiveness so that I may be known by you in Jesus' name. Closing the service. I know I'm a little bit of a bit of a talker. Sorry, it's my gift. Talk a little bit too long. Pastor Steve is brilliant at articulating powerfully, short manner, directly. I don't have that gift. That's why we have four minutes over. I'm finishing. What I want you to hold, I'm going back to my original point. Jesus is in the business of giving hope. Irrespective of whether you're in close proximity or possibly walking away and walk with him sometimes. Let's not forget what he has given to us for the purpose of others. Faith, hope, and love. Close your eyes. I'd love you just to reach out your hands here this evening. Lord, we aren't reaching out to take a hold of. No, we're reaching out to make a commitment. That, Father, we will not silence the gospel, the life in which you have given to us. Canberra, Australia, nations of the world. Within those nations, the house of God needs to be revived, not to have more meetings but to capture something in a meeting. And I pray that in this meeting, that seed of hope, where hope has fallen to the ground, we shall pick it up on their behalf and then bring it back to them, packaged with the name of Jesus. Father, let every single one of us this evening every challenge we may have not because we have received we were present yet we did not all receive but now we all can give and in Jesus mighty name I pray we capture this moment to capture your heart through our faith our intentional ability to see through the eyes of hope the love that you offer that we now embrace and give to them. Show us those you have called to us and let us share the greatest gift of all in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's put our hands together to the Lord and say thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online. 